Hi, it's China Station News Radio 680 WPTF. It's Monday night. It is June 1st in the year 2020. All kinds of interesting and uh, catastrophic and astounding things are going on in the world. And we're scheduled to bring you a discussion tonight for an hour of radio time, a live and in real time discussion of the weather. Uh, today is the official opening of hurricane season in the Atlantic Basin. I think the, the in the Pacific Ocean, the hurricane or cyclone season starts a little earlier, may, maybe about May 15th. And uh, it is also June 1st, the first day of meteorological summer. Uh, of course, summer really begins astronomically in terms of the stars and the planets and all the orientations on or about June 21st or 22nd. But the meteorological people have uh, rounded off the edges and make it uh, begin on June 1st so that Summer can be said to be June, July, and August. And uh, to uh, commemorate that and to recognize it and to find out uh, what the hurricane season is supposed to be like and how it will be involved in the other problems the nation faces, such as the, the uh, crisis over uh, the uh, disease and, uh, and also uh, uh, other things that we may be facing. We've invited Nick Petro of the... Uh, National Weather Service to be with us tonight, and uh, he has not, we've not been able to make contact with him yet, so we will wait a few minutes, and we, the show must go on, of course, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit here among ourselves, so to speak, and hope that Nick uh, arrives at the point of his uh, telephone and that we can uh, have him on the air, because it's always good to talk with him about the weather, and uh, he is the morning preparedness for the National Weather Service, the one that tries to keep uh, those of us in the media and those uh, listeners aware of what, in fact, is going on in terms of the weather and make sure we understand the information that the National Weather Service is putting out and that we, in fact, pass on to you. So uh, we will we will wait just a few minutes and we'll talk. Uh, we'll go back to something that I had a few minutes to talk with you about last Tuesday, and that is... Uh, uh, where has Tom been? Yours truly. Uh, I uh, broke my leg in February, on, I think February 26th, as a matter of fact. And so that's one reason I was looking forward to hear all about the weather tonight, because uh, while I was uh, away and and, and uh, uh, being uh, uh, counseled and given therapy to be able to use the leg, uh, I was not as able to keep up with the weather information uh, as I might have been because I was in a facility that had been closed off because of the uh, coronavirus and uh, that uh, I was doubly locked up uh, in the world. And that is, most Americans have been locked up in one sense and that they have been urged not to go about because of the spread of the disease. And within the the, uh, the facility that I was in, I was with the other patrons locked inside and uh, no one was able to come in, for instance, my wife or friends or anyone. And so uh, there was about 90 days there that uh, most of my contact with the world was watching television and uh, dealing with the, 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 my mentors in, in uh, therapy for, for uh, dealing with the broken leg. But it was good to be able to get back in the saddle uh, last, uh, last uh, Tuesday night, and we had a number of calls from people who... Uh, apparently missed us, and we were glad to hear from those. And, in fact, uh, we may, in fact, substitute some of those for the weather report that we are not at this point getting tonight. 
John Salter is our producer, and he will tell us if he is able to locate our wandering weatherman. Or we we sincerely hope I'm being a little light, but hope that nothing has happened to uh, to uh, uh, Nick Petro and that he's he's safe and, and all right and so on, and we can get him on the air here because it would be good to hear the report on the weather. I will say that uh, while we're talking about the weather there, that uh, it will be interesting to hear because the reports that I have read suggest that this is a season in which they believe there will be more uh, uh, tropical storms, more hurricanes than normal, and more full-fledged and more super hurricanes than are normal, and uh, we will have to deal with that. And I am curious... Uh, about whether the National Weather Service, uh, how they have taken into account what may or may not be reflected uh, in the relationship with the hurricanes and the, the, the need, for instance, to uh, to have people uh, congregate in, in, in centers where they cannot, uh, cannot be harmed by the hurricanes along our coast and other places, uh, and uh, what, whether the National Weather Service has had to take that much into account. I will point out, too, that tomorrow night we will confront that question more directly when uh, uh, we're going to have the director of the of the Red Cross, the North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina chapters of the Red Cross, Barry Porter, um, to talk with us about uh, their preparations. We typically have done this over the years because they have preparations to make for the eastern half of North Carolina and the coast that... Uh, deal with the emergency situations that arise during hurricanes. And, of course, they will be confronted by the problem of mixing people who are dealing with the hurricane and are dealing with the the, uh, the, the, the disease at the same time. So Barry will be here with us tomorrow night, and we hope you will join us following the 9 o'clock news. While we are talking about what's coming up, I might as well say that on Wednesday night, Joe Cannell, our military historian, is uh, supposed to be our guest and will be our guest uh, uh, to talk about the background of the preparations for D-Day. D-Day, of course, was uh, in 1944 on June 6th, the invasion of Europe, and we always try to commemorate uh, uh, D-Day and, and certain other military holidays and things that have to do with uh, the military, such as Pearl Harbor and, and uh, uh, Midway Island and, and those kinds of things. But Joe Cadell will be our guest, and he always presents us with a good and understanding program when he's here, he will be our guest on Wednesday night. Uh, on Thursday night, Dr. Ed Funkhauser will be here. We got behind on Dr. Funkhauser's project for our radio program, which is creating a necrology, and that is to say a list of those who have died uh, and who deserve to be remembered. Uh, I was away from February 26th until last Monday, last Tuesday night, as a matter of fact, and Dr. Funkhauser stayed at his desk and collected the names of the uh, the ones who had passed away and who deserve to be remembered. And so he will be back. Uh, we, we will probably be able to cover all those who had been missing. We usually had him on about every month or every six weeks, but we will have him uh, covering uh, uh, another section. We did uh, actors and entertainers the other night, and we may do sports figures, we may do politicians, we may do local obituaries, but a remembrance of those who have passed away, people like Kenny Rogers, for instance, and Little Richard, we will uh, memorialize those on, on our program, and that will be on Thursday night. And Friday night will be some version of our Friday night trivia. We haven't decided exactly what version it will be at this particular point. So that's what's coming up. No news, I guess, John, from uh, from our 
different weather guy out there. And so we're going to take a break now and come back. And if you uh, have anything that you want to mention about Tom's vacation, uh, if it's nice, uh, give us a call. If you missed us, we would like to hear that and what you did, in fact, miss. And uh, if you've got anything else uh, of a positive nature on your mind, we'd like to hear that, too. 919-860-9783 is the number, 860-WPTF. We'll be back. News Radio 680 WPTF. 680 AM. And, of course, what about that FM? 98.5. You can pick up WPTF now. And uh, uh, you can fix one of your buttons on the, the FM side of your uh, your, your car radio and, uh, and stick with the old AM 680 on the other side. And uh, you'll be able to hear the, the Tom Kearney Show and all the other news and information programs on WPTF. John, was that uh, anybody that we wanted to take interest in? So it's not Nick. It was, it's uh, Ken from Raleigh. He wants to welcome you back. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Ken in just a second. Uh, we're, we're waiting in hope that we find out, at least find out, uh, uh, how our friend uh, Nick Petro, who is scheduled to be our guest tonight, uh, is doing. Uh, in the meantime, uh, John says he wants to welcome, uh, Ken wants to welcome us back. And uh, in lieu of the aforementioned weather programming, uh, Ken, what's on your mind this evening? There from 1981 to 91, so we worked together for a little while. I... I'm trying to remember. Uh, I was go ahead, uh, Howard Ken. Holler's predecessor. Pardon me? I worked there before Howard did. Howard Holler. Okay. Oh, oh no. I No, 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 no. You like uh, Gene Pitney. Just to show you know Gene Pitney. That's right. Good See, I, I just, I'm, I'm, what's happened, Ken, is I'm several years older than we used to uh, ride up and down in the elevator together and so on. But uh, it's good to hear from you. I, I, well, I'm glad to hear. Each night I would be sure the radio was on at 9 o'clock, and I kept wondering, now, where is Tom? What is he up to? But welcome back. Uh, we've missed you a lot. I tuned into some of your programs that I had an interest in. Ann Buddenhagen was a very interesting one from the Sir Walter Ro Hotel, but I really enjoyed that repeat. Uh, she called last. Uh, she was one of the ones who welcomed us back in. And I guess I kind of rolled in that and kind of enjoyed it a little bit because you, you always do want to know that you're missed uh, when things go on. Now, I think about you occasionally because I'm, you know, a fan of the movie The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And oh, yeah. Gene Pitney, sure. we talked about that. Gene Pitney made the song, which was not in the movie, if, if I remember correctly, but uh, uh, in any event. Uh, and I always thought it was you, you had a good name because when you were working, uh, being Howard Holler's predecessor, you were working for the Durham Life Insurance Company. And that would be correct. Good we might have mistaken you, you for the person, you know. <laughs> Maybe they well, named it for you. But uh, it's well, really well, good to hear from you, Ken. Welcome back, and uh, I'll be listening every night now that you're back. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Ken Durham. Uh, we've got so many possible, potentially new listeners that sometimes it must be confusing when we have inside conversations or conversations, and there's nothing wrong with inside conversations, but our conversations that, that have a little bit of history to them. Uh, WPTF uh, was owned for many years by the Durham Life Insurance Company, in fact, from 1928 until 1991, and uh, Ken Durham was uh, a worked for the Durham Life Insurance Company. I, I 
uh, don't want to go wrong, but I think he was uh, something in in uh, in uh, uh, like the comptroller or things to do with the uh, the the management side of the broadcast station and Curtis Media, of course, bought uh, the radio station and some many others, uh, some others, uh, uh, our sister station WQDR. In, uh, in in 1991, I think it was. I'm working a little bit on memory tonight, but uh, I was. We, we used to somehow get on the elevator at the same time, and I've always been a big fan of the movie uh, John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, uh, some other people. Uh, it was one of the last westerns that uh, was made by uh, the that John Wayne was in, and it, the man who shot Liberty Valance which came out, I think, in 1962. And uh, Gene Pitney recorded a song that uh, was supposed to be, I'm told, or at least I've read or heard in, in the movie, but it actually never was. But it was a, a fairly popular song. And Gene Pitney was, uh, had several hit records in uh, the early 1960s. But in any event, it was good to hear from, from Ken Durham, and it would be good to hear from you. In fact, I got a card from one of my... Uh, favorite people. I used to be a, a teacher. I taught for a while at NC State at the very lowest level. I was not a tenure track person. I was a contract person, but uh, had, and some of my students are, are still around, and one, one of them, a man named John Graber, uh, who is a, not only a friend of mine, but a friend of my wife. He's from my wife's hometown. Uh, sent me a nice card, uh, and uh, I always there's certain people I always think are probably out there somewhere, and I've always been pleased to hear from ex-students, and most of them, uh, I won't say all of them, uh, I think I really think all of them, but most of them don't call me up and say, you were an idiot, Carney, you were the worst teacher I ever had. Now, watch, watch, something will happen now, and uh, that will, will happen tonight. But and generally, I, the ones that I have run into, uh, uh, there's a gentleman who's been on to talk about comic books with us a number of times, Ken Pleasant, who was one of my students. In fact, he used to buy his uh, comic books when he was a kid. He's younger than I am at the same place that I bought mine in Goldsboro and Edwards, uh, I think it was Edwards uh, Newsstand. But in any event, uh, it's it's good, nice to hear from, from old friends. And uh, one of the things that was nice, uh, and I don't know that there can be many nice things about being in, in uh, uh, a therapy center, uh, except that you get get back better equipped to dance with, to, to to deal with the world. But a number of old friends called me and said they were sorry to hear I was out of commission, and uh, that was that was pleasant also, particularly because there basically weren't a whole lot of people uh, in in the area that I was in to end up talking to. So if you uh, if you uh, have any good words to say, I, I feel bad seeking good good words. But if you uh, if you have any good words to say, uh, it, it's always good to hear them. Our area code nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. And if anything uh, interesting uh, happened that uh, uh, you particularly enjoyed in the shows that we played, we played mostly. Uh, uh, archived shows. We have a large number of those. In fact, we've been doing this program since, uh, and but haven't been recording it for archive purposes since then, but since uh, December of 1988. So we've, we've put our put our time in. I think that's uh, 
going on, well, if it makes it to Christmas, it would be 32 years now. And uh, we've made a lot of radio friends, and uh, it's uh, enjoyable always to hear from them. Uh, Ken Durham mentioned uh, 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 a lady that we call uh, Sir Walter Ann, who was uh, uh, grew up, uh, her father, I think, was the direct executive director of the Sir Walter Hotel, which until the 1960s uh, was the primary hotel in Raleigh, uh, the, the Star Hotel, where a lot of the state legislators uh, hung their hats while they were in, in session in the state legislature. And uh, they, it was said, I think, in fact, that more bills were written in the Walter Hotel than were probably written in the, in the Capitol. In fact, it was about that time in the early 1960s that something that causes confusion to people who uh, perhaps weren't here who, or who don't pay attention. Uh, North Carolina has a legislative meeting house, and it has a capitol. The capitol is in the square in the middle of downtown. It has a lot of statues around it, uh, right across the street from the Museum of History and from the Museum of Science. Uh, further north of from there is where the legislature, legislature meets, but it is not the capitol building. The capitol building is the old building. The, the newer building where the legislators actually meet is not the Capitol building, it's the legislative building. But all that area downtown, much much people of late, uh, particularly last night, by the demonstrators, uh, is uh, is not the, the, the Capitol because it is the old building that was built in the 1830s and 1840s. And one of the best examples of, uh, of Gothic architecture uh, in in uh, uh, the the United States. So, in any event, and if you want to join us uh, for a little, just a little conversation, we are replacing something that didn't happen tonight. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. It would be if you're an old friend, we would love to hear from you because so many of you we have not heard from in a long time. If you're a new friend, we would like to welcome you to the broadcast. We are here every night from nine to ten, Monday through Friday. I gave you a outline a little earlier of those shows, the, the guests who will be appearing on shows. In the, the Tom, we have Nick on. Okay. Uh, put him in there, John. Nick? Hey, Tom. Hey. Are you going to be able to be with us during the second half of the show tonight? I am, Tom. I'm so sorry. I'm uh, really, really sorry. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the most awful thing happened tonight was... Uh, my uh, I dropped my cell phone and it shattered and I had to go. Uh, nothing would work, so I had to uh, go get some uh, remedy for that and and so I could so you, you could be able to call me and oh okay, well, it's a crazy night. No problem. Let's just be efficient in the second half hour. And this is Nick Petro, ladies and gentlemen, of the National Weather Service. And uh, we, during the second half hour, we'll talk about current hurricane season upcoming and whether the, the virus will be affecting it and other things that may be affecting it. Uh, Nick is a longtime friend of ours. In fact, every time he shows up at the beginning of a season, something unusual happens, and there is maybe a, a tropical storm slash hurricane down in the Gulf. Nick, you're going to have to talk about that in about three or four minutes, so stand by. Right now, John, if you're ready, we're going to check the news. I'm currently WPCF is 9.33, almost 9.34. We had one call left over before uh, uh, 
Nick Petro arrived, and we will get to Nick and the weather and the hurricanes and all of that in just a second. But, Bill, what's yes, on your Tom. mind tonight? How are you? Ah, yes, yes. You, yes. I, there was some reason when, while I was gone. Did you did you send me a card or an email or something? I sent you an email, yes. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I was not where my computer was. My wife. Uh, Found that out later after you but, got back. I, I apologize, but my no, wife said, no problem. I, I said, Sue, I think I know who that is, and uh, uh, you, uh, her, her cousin Jimmy is a is a uh, uh, was was a choir director and uh, mm-hmm. organist in in Garner too. Somebody you probably knew of, but anyway, mm-hmm. we will talk about that another time. Yes, absolutely. Then, well, I welcome back, Tom. Getting back to you, but the, one of the worst things was I was not able to was not able to have a computer or a laptop that worked where I was. And so right. just totally out of communication. Fortunately, she paid the bill, so we were, we were able to stay in operation. Well, but that's good. good. To hear from you. That's absolutely good, and I had a delightful conversation with her. Well, good. Well, thank uh, you very much. Uh, and one more thing, and then I better get back to the weather here. But uh, yes, a sir. friend of mine sent, a, sent me a, 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 a remembrance, uh, a bunch of videos, of things that happened in the 50s today. Mm-hmm. He lives up in D.C., and he collects funny things and sends them. And the person who did it, the song they put to it is Lost in the 50s Tonight. So oh, Ronnie Millsap. Ronnie Millsap, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I, I sent him a little note saying Raleigh's own Ronnie, Ronnie Millsap. And so that's, that's true. He spent about as much time in Raleigh as he did in uh, what, Robin, Robbinsville. Right, yeah. Robin, is Robbins or Robbinsville up in the mountains anyway? Robbins. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's whichever one Todd's from not from. Okay. Take care. All right. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Bye-bye. And I told you we have radio friends, and uh, one of them is Nick Peter. Nick, good evening. John? Hello? Hey, how are you? Hello? Tom, it's Nick. How are you? Hey, Nick. Well, I've been rehearsing all day cause, uh, to, to ask you questions, and, and the later in the day I got it, the more information I had assimilated, so I was ready to ask you. But it does look like we're going to have, uh, if the predictors are right, a, uh, a, a kind of active hurricane season this year. Yeah, you know, um, we, we've been kind of being sort of um, – you know, a lot of uh, agencies that issue these seasonal forecasts and these universities have um, been sort of uh, playing up the hurricane season. And, you know, of course, NOAA doesn't issue its hurricane season forecast um, until late May. So uh, so NOAA was one of the last organizations to get in on the uh, predictions. But we were hearing from, you know, Colorado State, from NC State, from a variety of uh, agencies in the weather enterprise predicting above normal season. And then when NOAA released its outlook um, on the 21st of May, certainly, um, you know, it concurred with uh, everything. 60% chance of above normal, uh, 30% chance near normal, and only a 10% below normal. So, you know, um, and, and we're off to a fast start. We've already had two, two um, name storms in May. We've got uh, Tropical Depression uh, down there in, uh, you know, Tropical Depression 3 down there in the uh, Bay of Campeche there. And uh, that looks like, according to most of the models, that that will uh, move north and perhaps uh, get its act together. So here we are, 
um, in what would typically be a quiet part of the hurricane season, uh, we already got uh, two named storms and, and, you know, a third on its way. Well, the earliest one that I could remember, and that's just my remembrance, was about 10 years ago, and it was uh, an Andre or something that came through, uh, I think, about the first week in June and dropped an awful lot of water, I remember, because my basement was full. That's the other part that I remember. But these have already occurred, and we're on number three. It's the thing that's in the in the Gulf of Mexico now, the, the back half of that uh, a hurricane or cyclone or whatever you would call it that was in the Pacific. Yeah, so there was some energy that sort of drifted across the um, Central America. So uh, th- that's very uh, interesting that you uh, picked up on that, uh, Tom. Uh, certainly, I could tell you've been following the weather. <laughs> oh, I told you I was rehearsing for you all day today. Well, let me ask you, when when you folks at the National Weather Service uh, sat down, uh, and we, we might come back uh, again to the hurricane predictions and the things that, you know, like the, oscill- the southern oscillation, the warm water and things that led uh, uh, the National Weather Service to predict are greater than uh, usual amount of activity in hurricanes. But I, I've been sort of thoughtful about whether the, uh, when the, when the bosses sat down and started thinking about how to prepare for the hurricane season, how much they might have brought into account the, the virus that is present in our world. Well, certainly, you know, we just pretty much focus on the weather. You know what I mean? Okay. So there's right. really there's, there's no non-weather related predictors that that go into uh, <laughs> into any of our um, you know prognostications there. Right. Well, I I didn't know if if, if the conditions of a particular area might uh, present a, a particular challenge for for hurricanes <laughs> and people uh, who well, were. Certainly. Uh, we we want folks to keep that in mind, obviously. Right. Um, so you know, certainly, um, you know, social distancing and other um, CDC guidance suggests that you might have to tweak your um, hurricane preparedness plan um, to adjust for uh, you know giving yourself some more space. Maybe you know, I mean, I I never had in my storm kit uh, masks. You know, so you know that's something new to add to the list of things that you needed with. You know, with your water, your non-perishable foods, your batteries, your first aid kit, you know, the the, the storm kit that we uh, remind folks is so important to have. Make sure you have plenty of uh, hand sanitizer and masks in there, uh, too. So, you know, those are those are sort of um, some of the things that we're suggesting folks, uh, you know, keep CDC guidance in mind when you're making your um, hurricane preparedness uh, plan. Well, we, we, we were going here because this is the next place I was going to. To, to ask you about, and that is to, I'm not even sure, I think it was a couple of weeks ago was the, hur- the Hurricane Preparedness Week. As I say, I was kind of out of it for about three three months and uh, just sort of getting back in the saddle now. But one of the things that you usually do for us, you've already started doing, and that is your recommendation to what, uh, what, uh, about what people might do to prepare themselves for the hurricane season, and you've already done that with, with uh, the question of what you would have in your kit, but I know usually you have about a week that you devote in. Uh, well, what I think we might do now is take a quick break, and after we come back, give you a chance to sort of roll through that week and give whatever warnings you might have given. Is that okay with you? That sounds great, Tom. Okay. Hey, Petra of the National Weather Service with us tonight on News Radio 680. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Radio 680, 
first day of uh, hurricane season, the first day of meteorological uh, summer, uh, astrological summer begins uh, on or about the 21st, so it's the longest day of the year. Our guest tonight, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service, uh, warning preparedness meteorologist. Nick, did I get that right? Uh, yeah, you got it. Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close. Okay. I keep practicing on it every year, but in any event. And uh, one of the things you usually do during the preparedness period for hurricanes that I'm sure is valuable to people, not only those who have been here a long time, but particularly to those who haven't been and who need to, to be reminded of certain things that they need to do. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to open the door and let you come in and sort of run down as much of that list as you have on your mind. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I, I always tell folks, you know, because we, we touched earlier on the prediction for this season, right? Well, there's <laughs> every year you can take it to the bank that North Carolina is going to be impacted by a tropical cyclone. You know, so we always have to prepare regardless of what the hurricane uh, season outlook uh, is. Because whether it's a direct hit or whether it's an indirect hit, you know, whether something makes landfall in the Gulf Coast and comes up, you know, towards us from the west or whether it's a direct, you know, uh, approach from the east, you know, we're, we're always going to get something, whether it's a direct hit or some kind of remnant. So we need to prepare. You know, clearly if you're, you know, listening and you're within range of hearing us, you need to prepare for the hurricane season. So there's basic seven steps that we focus on. We did this earlier um, in May for during Hurricane Preparedness Week, but you know what? It's, it's always Hurricane Preparedness Week. Whether it was that week or this week or any week, it's always Hurricane Preparedness Week. You never want to wait till the last minute to prepare. So number one, you need to determine your risk. You know, or do you live in a flood-prone area? You know, do you have property at the coast? You know, for example, that might be in an evacuation zone. You know, what what is the what happened the last time a storm blew through? How are you affected? So that's what we mean by determine your risk. And then if you live in an area that's prone to flooding, okay, if, you're, if you live in an area that's prone, uh, maybe close to the coast, storm surge, you need to develop an evacuation plan. And now what's also I wanted to kind of mention is that uh, North Carolina is rolling out this uh, new Know Your Zone. So North Carolina now has official evacuation zones, and that will help. Um, sort of expedite and make much more smooth the process of evacuation uh, when there is a tropical cyclone affecting uh, uh, the state. So develop an evacuation plan. If you do live in a, um, a flood-prone area, get to learn your zone, know your zone that you live in for evacuation. Uh, we also touched on earlier a few moments ago about assembling disaster supplies, getting a kit together, you know, batteries, flashlights, water, first aid kits, and stuff for the COVID situation, masks, hand sanitizers, that, that sort of thing. Uh, double check on your insurance. Make sure you have adequate insurance, say, for example, for flooding. Uh, even if you don't live in a flood-prone area, it's not a bad idea to uh, check in on uh, flood insurance and see how much that would cost. Because, you know, even things like wind-driven rain, you know, when it's real windy and rain raining real hard, you know, flood insurance can you know, depending on the policy, may may be able to help with that. Um, strengthen your home. You know, make sure that, uh, you know, you clear any, um, you know, uh, weak trees uh, that might be near your home and, and uh, mitigate that risk of them falling if it gets windy. So take some time to strengthen your home and make sure that everything's in good shape for when the winds uh, turn high. Um, help your neighbor. You know, certainly um, 
you know, just because you've got uh, your hurricane plan together doesn't mean your neighbor does. So you might want to check in on family, friends, neighbors, see if your neighbors need some help with hurricane preparedness. And then finally, put all this on paper. You know, write it down so that you know, your family knows, everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows what to do when the hurricane is approaching or maybe it's the remnants of a storm. Maybe there's a flood risk or something of that nature. But whatever the case may be, if you have that plan written on paper, it's easy to, you know, kind of review it and see what you need to do to get ready for the storm. So those are the seven basic steps that we want to encourage folks to do when it comes to hurricane preparedness. I think I've told you the story, Nick, that uh, a guy came here, a pest control guy one time, and he looked in our small pantry and said, you've got a lot of stuff in here. It looks like you're preparing for something. And then he said, oh, I forgot you people in North Carolina are always preparing for a hurricane. And so, indeed, we are. We need to. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned something that I'm always interested in tonight. Well, one, batteries. Always have as many batteries as you can get. And also, make sure your car is full of gasoline if you can, uh, go, because if the electricity goes off, you will have trouble filling it up. Uh, yeah, so. yep. You, you know, uh, another good another good thing for uh, your hurricane kit is maybe a portable cell phone battery charger. You know, those those are um, those are pretty um, uh, inexpensive these days, and might you might be able to charge your phone up three or four times before it gets depleted. So that's another good thing to, to include in your storm kit. Right, right. Well, the next thing I'm going to ask you is, uh, in terms of this business, that's uh, it's kind of like a weather forecast for our current situation. I'm told that it was really nice today, but it's going to begin to get warmer, that uh, not only is meteorological summer here, but the real summer, the one that has the 90-degree temperatures is here. Your observations on that? And what do you think yeah. will happen to the uh, to the uh, disturbance in the, in the Gulf of Mexico? Will it become a storm or not? Well, it's hard to say, obviously. Um, some of the models do uh, suggest some strengthening. Some of the models suggest that, um, you know, either uh, either some sort of storm or remnants, whatever the case may be, uh, but basically moisture will be headed towards the northern Gulf Coast. Um, you know, what happens after that remains to be seen. You know, there's a lot of variation in the model. You know, you touched on one thing, and that's um, – we're certainly going to see um, a change in the in the in the air mass, uh, one from you know that's been uh, somewhat cool to uh, to at least uh, perhaps a, a touch of of more um, summer. You know, certainly um, you know at, at the Raleigh Durham International Airport, we have yet to hit uh, 90 degrees. Believe it or not, um, we finally may do that uh, on Wednesday. So. So things are going to turn more seasonable, if, if not uh, even above normal, and uh, look for summer to finally uh, finally arrive. Okay, and officially, astronomically, summer will arrive, I think, on June 21st or, or June 22nd. Well, well that, that's true. <laughs> uh, so I get the impression that you, you're doing the, this step back that, that uh, probably skeptical weathermen do on exactly what the hurricane predictions will do, because they are, in fact, a long-range forecast. But in reading about them, particularly about the the forecast of uh, above-average number of hurricanes and and so on for, it came from the National Weather Service. And like you said, it was uh, put out about the third week in May, if I remember correctly. 
there were several things like the warmer waters, the the the, uh, the uh, uh, oscillation in the South Pacific between La Nina and I can never keep those straight. Which one is which? But uh, it's not going to be operating to to help uh, diffuse the hurricane situation. So we very well might get them. And and you pointed out, I think North Carolina is about second or third on the list for likelihood of being hit by a hurricane. Uh, with Florida particularly the West Coast and the, the inner workings of the Gulf of Mexico, Louisiana, and so on. But because we stick out into the ocean, the, the coastal part of North Carolina is very likely to be uh, to be hit by a hurricane. Absolutely. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, like I always tell folks, one way or another, we're going to see something um, every hurricane season, whether it's direct hit or whether it's remnant. Um, you know, it would, it would be rare for us to not see at least some something from uh, from a tropical cyclone. And you know, we, in some ways, we already have. Um, you know, um, when um, oh gosh, uh, Bertha was uh, uh, passing by, um, lifting by to to the. Uh, remember, it made uh, a quick landfall. It was, it was named real quick uh, last week. Uh, made quick landfall, and then the remnants passed up through uh, the western uh, Piedmont. And, um, you know, there was uh, some bands that were rotating around that, and uh, that spawned a tornado, an outer rain band tornado, which are, um, you know, sometimes happen in tropical cyclones, um, certainly um, uh, up in uh, Warren County. Now, fortunately, it didn't do any uh, damage to anyone's homes, but uh, it was real close. Um, folks were lucky up there. So uh, we've, in, in some regards, have already had a touch of tropical cyclone activity for this hurricane season right here in North Carolina. Were you one of the ones who had to go and do the survey of whether there was actually a, a tornado or not? I did. I did. Yeah. In fact, um, we, we knew it was a tornado before we even got there because um, of uh, our radar now has the ability to detect um, debris and it gets pulled up into the sky. And uh, typically, uh, tornadoes are are the only way that this uh, that debris can be lofted as high in the sky that we uh, get these debris signatures. So, uh, so we had a pretty good idea even before we got there that indeed it was a tornado, um, and, and it made perfect sense with um, you know where it was at relative to where the center of Bertha was. Typical tropical cyclone, outer rain band tornado. So, well, the um, next time we have you on, Nick, which may not be too long, we're going to invite you to come and talk about all the different facets of your job, because I think yeah. that's interesting, because you, you, you do regular forecasts, and you have a special assignment in the, the severe weather warnings, but uh, you have a lot of other things that you have to be involved in, too. But we are slap out of time now, and I hope you get your phone fixed up all right, and we'll look forward to talking to you soon in the future, okay? Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for being on with us.